In a prank right out of Tim and John's handbook, two McDonald's customers decide to take advertising matters into their own hands. That's just one of the stories today on TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is Tim Bennett with my good friend and co-host, John Nash, and this is TFG Unbuttoned. It's our weekly podcast that complements our live Wednesday show, The Focus Group. Find us and access all of our programming at focusgroupradio.com. We want to thank Critics' Choice Video for bringing us to you each week. When you go to focusgroupradio.com, if you click on the Critics' Choice Video to start browsing, buying, and saving, as we like to say, uh, you'll be able to find all kinds of great classic movie and TV uh, products there. So thanks again to Critics' Choice Video. So yes. John, how are you? How are you? You seem you're, Oh, I was you're waiting for you today. to get through that very, very well done opening. <laughs> <Get through. laughs> and I was actually I was admiring it as you were stick. listening because uh, you know, that takes skill. And I don't know if our audience knows that, but you know, to get through all yeah, you know, to do our what we used to call in the uh, satellite days our formatics was the name that we yeah, our formatics. Our formatics. Um, and I know you get surprised, you know. You, you did a great job, and I, I actually took some notes on things <laughs> I need to add when I, you know, you, you do the cold open very well. You know, this is, it's your invention. You, you picked it up from, like, uh, Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews <laughs> from, Hardball, from, uh, from Hardball. Who was yeah. on Meet the Press this past weekend. Um, he was? I missed it. Yeah, I it was it the, weekend. I don't even know if I need to watch the news anymore. Um, it's just... Yeah, well, it's the whole Kavanaugh confirmation, Trump tweeting the whole bit. And, uh, you know, we heard f- from a good old friend of mine, uh, Jerry, in my old building, who used to be the actor that did crazy ideas. Prices are insane. <clears throat> and Jerry just said to me, you know, I'm not sure I need to listen to the news anymore because because here's the only two things you could do as a citizen. Talk to your elected representative and let them know how you feel about a certain position and B, vote. <laughs> so... We know where we live. We know where, what our reps are up to. And the next opportunity to vote is in six weeks. So, you know, everything else is talking heads, right? Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. And I, I felt the same way. I used to, for me, meet the press and some of those shows were appointment appointment TV on Sundays. But lately, I feel as if it's the way the news cycle has been, it's almost by the time you listen to it, it's old news. And if B, you, it's, re- it's relentless. It is relentless. Yeah. It's the same story. It's it's different, and it's the echo chamber, and it's the people here think this, the people here think that, and it's just let's just vote. Yeah, well, it's the same sort of thing with all the coverage on the uh, on Hurricane Florence. I, uh, as tragic as that was, I just got so tired of the hype. You know, the six days before, and then when it hit, and. I, I just uh, I think people end up tuning it out. Well, and or they do things too much that are sensationalism. You didn't happen to see the uh, video clip that was going around of a newsman, a weatherman who was in full like rain gear, standing, leaning into what looked like a horrific wind. Yeah, and then behind him, some people walk by with some plastic bags and shorts and sandals, and they're just walking. They're like they're vertical; they're not leaning into the wind. And while he's leaning in, they're walking behind him, and it almost just says to you, "This is all just like I know it's bad." Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's there's a famous quote. I don't know if I posted it on our our Facebook page, which is Focus Group Radio. There's a on Facebook, there was a famous uh, clip. It's about a minute long. I probably should post it if I didn't. With Matt Lauer and Katie Couric from the Today Show back in the day during Hurricane, I guess it was Katrina. 
And it was the same. Oh no, there was it was um, the one that began with an I. I don't know. Irene. I forget the name of it. Irene. And there's somebody up in North Jersey in a canoe paddling around. And as she's paddling and talking about how treacherous it is, two yahoos walk right in front of her, and it's only ankle deep. And <laughs> Matt, Matt, and Katie bust out laughing. And, and Matt said, "Is there a severe drop off where you are versus where those two people are that walked in front of you? Because they totally called called nonsense on the whole thing." So. It's that sort of stuff that I love when that stuff happens because it's just, it really lets you know how much you're being manipulated sometimes by the media. Scary. It's scary. But uh, all right. So what do we got on deck today for Unbuttoned? So you picked uh, three great stories. And, um, but the, you know, the opening I did reminded me of my favorite story of the three, but we'll get to that one. The first one was the title is Amazon reportedly plants fake packages as a trap for drivers. So everybody knows if as as Amazon has grown and as a lot of uh, home delivery has grown, people are concerned, particularly in areas that aren't secure, of packages being stolen off your door stoop. If they just leave the package, whether it's UPS, FedEx, Amazon, whoever, they leave your package, and there are lots of lots of instances where people's things have been stolen. But in this case here, they talk about how Amazon has placed. I guess fake packages or fake labels on packages and random trucks for the delivery drivers that don't have anywhere to go. So when they scan it, it essentially says the product doesn't exist and it's a way for them to decide whether the driver has brought the product back or they stole it. There's actually nothing in the package. Yeah, exactly. So the the label is is designed to generate an error and the error basically says this package is not even in the system. So at that point, since it's not in the system, you know, the driver could take a uh, a gamble and decide, well, maybe I want that, you know, scrunchy right. or whatever, <laughs> whatever's in the box. <laughs> um, it, the protocol would be that they put it back in the truck and it goes back to the warehouse. Um, when Amazon was contacted about this, they merely said that um, they have a number of anti-theft measures that they that they use, and it's it's meant to be a trap. And it's to check the integrity of the driver. But I suppose that since it's random and they don't do it all the time, that it's just really a way of verifying that, you know, there's integrity on the job, right? Yeah, and they, they talked about retail companies where they would check bags at the end of the day or or other. Everybody knows that in the re- the, the amount of thrift, uh, thrift, the amount of theft or shrinkage that happens at uh Retail establishments needs to be monitored, and they have lots of clever ways of doing it. But this, this to me, is not really news in that I am sure FedEx and UPS and the Postal Service have some sort of similar um, similar systems in place. They probably employ something similar for theft. My bigger issue with this, though, at the very end, they talked about some other issues that Amazon was dealing with. I don't know if you caught the one where the very last sentence said, all of this stuff comes amid accusations that uh, some workers are claiming they have to pee in bottles and use non-traditional workplace lavatories because they're so busy. Yeah, yeah, I read that. And that story... What did you, I mean, I thought, how, did, how do we go from, we've got a fake package to, oh my God, I can't leave my workstation, I have to pee in a bottle. Well, that was, another, that was another shift or shade that the author of the piece put in to show that, okay, now not only do they have to worry about peeing in bottles and using non-traditional lavatories while they run up and down these aisles, filling these orders... They now have to worry about, you know, fake packages on the trucks. Um, What's a non-traditional lavatory? I have no idea, but my, my <laughs> guess, I'm guessing 
that in in the men's room it might be one of those trough things that you used to see in bars years ago you know where they used to put ice in the trough and it was just a, like going in like to a barn or something go milk some ice yeah it's crazy now ice. now this next piece that we have here is this the do you want to do the mcdonald's one next yeah, this was the one where the, the headline is McDonald's customers who hung fake poster in restaurant for 51 days get a $25,000 check from the fast food chain. So I read this and I laughed immediately because I thought, man, oh man, this is right up your alley and my alley of the kind of pranks we would pull, which were, um, we, we did lots of pranks for any of you who've listened to our our show on the on Wednesdays. They were funny, they were pointed, and they were harmless. And that's where I think this was as well. So do you want to do the setup of the of what yeah, happened here? Yeah, so um, two young guys, uh, Jeff Maravilla, 21, and his friend Christian Toledo, who are 25, they were eating at McDonald's. They, they eat there occasionally, and they noticed that there, and the posters that were hanging up around the restaurant, that there was no Asian representation in any of the marketing materials. And so they went and photographed themselves as if they were in a McDonald's ad, and then they went to Salvation Army or Goodwill. They bought used uniforms, used McDonald's uniforms, <laughs> and they went in, and they actually mounted the poster in this McDonald's, and this happened in Texas, um, Pearland, Pearland, Texas. Um, after they mounted it, it actually stayed there for 51 days before they took a picture of themselves in front of the poster and put it on Twitter and some of the other social platforms, and it went viral. And that's when Ellen DeGeneres picked up on it and McDonald's picked up on it, and they're like, hey, this is great. You guys are wonderful. Um, they gave them each twenty five grand, and they're going to— the poster has since been removed only because they were remodeling that store. But interestingly, the poster was then donated— or it's going to be auctioned off and the proceeds from that poster are going to the Ronald McDonald House in Houston, which is the charity that helps families dealing with kids that are very, very sick and have to stay close to them. So all in all, this was, I agree with you, this was a, this was a, a gag or a prank that hurt nobody, didn't damage property, made a point, and it was all, it, it was, in, the intention was good from the start, I think. Yeah, the only thing I, I, questioned or not questioned but the only thing i thought if i were the mcdonald's marketing team is i might have kept i, I would have maybe given a donation in their name to make the ronald mcdonald house but i i think that would be a something that you would keep in the if there is a mcdonald's advertising museum sort of thing at the corporate headquarters i i just thought that would be something funny for them to have to have held on to <laughs> yeah the, i could see but the it, mcdonald's archivist saying you know no that's not officially mcdonald's advertising <laughs> material but you know someone probably said that somewhere someone went rogue so i thought so my initial scan on this was it was very much a sort of the prank you and i would do so i i i love that part of it but it also brought up memories of when you and i were doing the lgbt advertising for subaru and how impossible it was for us to depict every type of LGBT customer without somebody being critical or somebody saying, well, what about? And so you and I ended up make, making the decision to take people out of the advertising because we couldn't possibly show all the different um, different personalities or different faces of the, of the gay community. And so I was wondering here if that was a similar thing, although I was surprised that, because um, their whole issue was they didn't see people that were Asian or enough Asians in their advertising. And so I was surprised by that. I could, because when you think of McDonald's, they're usually pretty good about being, being inclusive with, uh, with their messaging, I thought. Yeah, McDonald's as a marketer tends to go out of its way to, to be as broad as possible with, with yeah. who they serve. 
and they're always experimenting with menu items and things like that. And back to your Subaru comment, um, that that directive of taking people out of the advertising in general uh, because we could never satisfy everybody might have paradoxically been what made that campaign um, so successful and last for so many years because we had to rely on not imagery per se, but language and something that we right. call context, contextual advertising. So if you put an ad in Out Magazine or Advocate, um, you you kind of assume that the the reader is LGBTQ and therefore they complete the circle of whatever you were doing in that ad. So yeah, good point. So now what's this? This last one um, that we have here is a new children. Well, I, I call it a young adult or a children's book coming out and it's a, the headline reads Stonewall picture book will break down historic LGBTQ rights moment for kids. And so it's about the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, I believe is 2019 and yep, next year, April. And there's a, um, a book called Stonewall, A Building, An Uprising, A Revolution, which hits retailers next April. Its uh, illustrations are by Jamie Kristoff, and the author is Rob Sanders. And it looked kind of interesting to me, actually. And I kind of marvel at, at the point we're at, at in history where you could actually publish an illustrated children's book about something like the Stonewall Uprising. Yeah, I, I might not have been as excited as you. I, I, I don't... Um, <laughs> My, I, I wondered if it was, is it young adult? Is it, I didn't know what it was. When I saw a children's book, um, or, ki- you know, a LGBT rights, uh, rights moment for kids, and I looked at some of the illustrations, which I thought were forced. Um, it's a pretty heavy topic. You know, that that was not a pleasant time when the, 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 the law enforcement was going in and beating people and, and uh and shutting the shutting the bars down and the the uprising and i was trying to equate it to other kind of stains on our history maybe uh slavery or some of the other issues as to how that's taught to kids and i was wondering if this was just a little too heavy for kids maybe it should be i think the history needs to be told and people need to know it but i i wasn't sure that kids may might grasp it i don't know yeah, now you raise a great point, and I puzzled about this as well. Teenager, child, depending on where you're, you're, you drop into this, it looks like the traditional kind of picture book you would read to a young, a young kid. And I wonder if that's the secret, if maybe this is intended for parents to read the child and interact and, and make sure that they're answering the questions correctly. But, you know, when you look at video of that period, when you look at video from yeah. that night, it, it was not a... You know, the way this is depicted, it's people with their arms in the air and they're going to make and the moon's out and something's going to happen. And they look it looks very kind of sterile on some levels. It was not a pleasant um, thing at all. No, it looked almost like the Women's March on when Trump was inaugurated. And I thought to myself, it's, it was a pretty violent, heavy, heavy time. And that's why I said I thought some of the illustrations were forced. But I, I I am all for, and you and I have talked about this, all for um, people knowing knowing the history, and this is a big part of American history, Take even take LGBT out of it. Uh, it's a big part of our history as, as a people. But uh, I, I didn't know. We'll see how it goes. I, I, I thought the book comes out April 23rd in 2019. It might be interesting to have the, have the author on. And uh, on the show and talk about it. Yeah, and you know we could wrap this this piece up um, with a with something that he says. And there's a paragraph towards the end of the article that says 
Sanders is wary of how Stonewall, a building and uprising of revolution, will be received. His concerns have little to do with critical reception or sales, but rather that parents, quote, might deny their children the opportunity to grow in awareness and acceptance of others, or maybe even awareness and acceptance of themselves, he said. So, you know, he, he himself is looking at this and saying, okay, this may, you, yeah, I think he, it, he makes a great argument for the point you made that, you know, he's wary of the topic causing either upset, disruption, or it, they might just gloss over it entirely and not give the, the kids a chance to do their own processing on it, which is, right. you know, so well, let's, uh, but those were three good stories that you found this week, Mr. Thank you. So, hey, we want to thank our, our partners here on TFG Unbuttoned. We're here every Tuesday morning, and uh, we're brought to you by Critics' Choice Video, which is America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And uh, if you go to com and click on the Critics' Choice logo, it'll take you right to the site. We'd like you to do that so we get credit. The, um, the funny thing, not the funny thing, but on... Um, one of our other programs and our sponsors, they have the same sale going on, John, the Criterion Collection sale of 40% off. One of your favorite studios, isn't it, Criterion? Yes, it is. And um, I always say buy a Criterion disc when you can. And um, so check out that sale. I actually called up a, a disc that has been released by um, a studio who we had the pleasure of interviewing, the owner of the studio, Ben Modell. And he talked, to, he was a silent film expert. And in fact, he plays. Yep. Um, he scores and plays music for silent films and his studio under crank productions released this June, um, a, a, the 1921 original version of the three musketeers. It stars Douglas Fairbanks, Adolph Manjou and Mary McLaren. Um, and it's supposed to be like a really good looking print. He, it was, they did, they lovingly restored with new color tint. And then there's a brand new score by Ben Modell himself. It's 1297. It's one of the, did you find this on Critics Choice? I did. Yeah. It's, and in fact, how'd you, fi- how'd you find it? I, Where, I, where'd you look? I shopped, you see, if you go up to the menu bar, it's shop by actor, shop by studio. Right. And I shopped by studio. And at the bottom is under crank because it's alphabetical. And then, boom, boom, Douglas Fairbanks, Alexander Dumas, The Three Musketeers popped up. It's the 95th anniversary oh, edition. So if you, I think you get, Ben came on our show during the summer and was a wonderful guest. And I think that if you have any appreciation of cinema, the silent era really did create some amazing stuff. And I think this might be a fun one to check out. And of course, as Tim said, Always check out a Criterion sale when there's one because they do a fantastic job when they release their discs. So a big uh, thank you to Critics' Choice Video for supporting us here on TFG Unbuttoned. They're America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And we want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show every week. Uh, keep that up. <laughs> Subscribe, like, and rate us. And sometimes, you will, if you want, throw a review up on um, iTunes. Uh, we always appreciate what people have to say about the program. Have a very safe week, and we'll see you in the new week, as in next week, because I never want to say, see you next you don't mention the day. time we're dropping the show, which is Tuesday. All right, have a good one, everybody. <laughs> the Focus Group Unbuttoned, available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com. <laughs>